0: Do you ever wonder how professional studios look so good on videos and podcasts? Well, join me today as I talk to Sarah Krilly, and we're going to talk about how she creates studios for videos and podcasts. Join us. everyone. Today is a very, very special show. I am in the grand scape at the Colony at the Real News PR Colony Studios. So You can see it's totally different than my usual in-home studio, and uh, that's because today we're going to talk all about studios and design and what it takes to put together a professional show. So uh, before I get to that and my special guest, let's see who is in the audience. Uh, Welcome, David Mayer, all the way from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Probably as hot as Dallas. Yes. Olivia from New York. Welcome, Olivia. Good to see you in there. Uh, Braden from Texas. My DFW crew, Debbie Spitzer. Roger from Atlanta. We got a whole big crew this time in the comments. I love it. Across the U.S. Thank you for joining us today. It is going to be a very special episode. Hey, Neil. Neil Israel is on. Yolanda. Anna Xavier representing Dallas, yes. Great to see you guys, Sarah Wascow. I think Sarah was in these studios just yesterday. So welcome, welcome everyone. I'll let you guys get settled in. In the meantime, make sure you introduce yourselves to each other in the comments. Use the comments to network with each other. Build your network. And I challenge you to connect with three new people today in the comments alone. After all, your net worth is equivalent to your network. So go out there and meet some great folks. The people that tuned into the show are always... Just great, kind, loving servant leaders, and uh, I think you'll enjoy connecting with each other in the comments. So let me get to my content tip of the week, and this week the topic is all around switching it up. And as you can tell, I switched it up this week. We are on location at Real News PR Studios, and uh, I wanted to just do something different. It's summertime, it's gorgeous outside, and uh, so whenever you're kind of stuck or you feel like your content's getting a little stale, switch it up. I have three factors that you can change up when you want to kind of spice up your content. Number one, change up the format. If you're used to doing videos, start doing images and photos or switch to text posts or switch to a podcast or audio or switch to a live so whenever you feel like you're kind of getting stuck, make sure you uh, switch up your format. Another thing you can do is switch up your content. Um, last week I was on vacation, so I thought I'd share some of my vacation photos and those got great viewership and engagement. So whenever you feel like, you know, your content's kind of getting repetitive, make sure you switch that up as well. Go to a different uh, place or do something funny, something entertaining. And then the third thing you could switch up is your background. So in this case, I am now in the Real News PR studios, a special episode today, and uh, you can do that as well. Maybe you're used to doing it in your office, switch it up to your corporate company office, or somewhere outside, that's a great way to spice up your content as well. So, those are the three ways to kind of switch things up when you feel like your content's getting stale the background, the format, as well as your content. And that's my content tip of the week. Okay, so without further ado, I want to introduce my special guest this week, and uh, her name is Sarah Crilly. I first met her through her dad, Jeff Crilly. They both um, form the basis of Real News Public Relations. They have studios all over the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Fort Worth, Dallas, as well as the colony up here where we are. So please join me in welcoming Sarah Krilly, VP of Real News PR. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, Fanny. hey, Fanny. hey audience,
1: <laughs> hey everybody tuning in. Wow, I'm so excited to be on the show
0: today here in the studio. Our energy has been like <laughs> super up here all afternoon long. And we also have a special guest, the director of operations, Josh Hart, also with Real News PR. And uh, you are, I understand, the, the geeky audio. The geeky guy, yes. Exactly. Uh, Techie. <laughs> Thank you. I love geeks. So <laughs> is, we're this the, is this going to talk all geeks.
2: It's just the oh, fanny um, family. Is that what you call them? The fanny family? The, joins in them. a
0: way. Yeah, yeah, it works out. I never thought so. of it that way. Yes, they are like family. My audience is awesome. Um, but uh, make sure you bring all your questions, have them ready. I guess we're going to talk all around studio design on today's topic. So Sarah, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I got to met you in your Dallas studios which are amazing and we're gonna get to see tons of footage of that as well but how did you kind of get into this whole career of videos and studios and radio tell me a little bit about that
1: oh I love that question I'd love to share hi so I grew up as a reporter's kid My dad spent 25 years in broadcast television news. And I think one of my first words was story, story, story. And Mm. my dad's ability of storytelling is just magical. And so I just always have had my dad as my role model. And to be able to work with him side by side with Real News PR has just been such a dream come true. Um, I'll show you kind of my first (laughs) favorite toy. And I actually use this. This is a camcorder. But uh, I use this in podcast trainings because we do the video aspect. And so some people will come in, they're a little nervous. I say, you don't need to be nervous because we're going to go live with the Barbie cam here. And I kind of do a little roll play back and forth with a, a guest and a host. And you really can't be that afraid when you're talking to the Barbie <laughs> camera, okay? <laughs>
0: I think we should see Josh hold that prop as well. Uh, uh, I,
2: I think we're, we're good. We're good.
0: No, I
1: see that as a fun <laughs> example, a though. And, uh, but being yeah. a, a, a broadcast kid, I uh, admired my dad and his ability to be able to speak on camera and articulate. And so I took print radio and television classes. And part of that was being able to uh, read from a teleprompter. And so we'd be all in there, all the students together and it's all right, lights, camera, action. And you know, there was no secret. I had shared, yeah, my dad's our TV reporter. I'm really excited to be here and kind of see the behind the scenes of how this all works to jumpstart jump start my career in television news. Well, Fanny, your girl here could not read a teleprompter. Okay, <laughs> could not read a teleprompter. You could tell I was reading and I'd be looking into the camera, but there's the teleprompter and it's a big screen. And I would just start reading and reading and reading and reading. It was very embarrassing. So I'd take my tapes because we had tapes back then and I'd go behind the scenes, and I'd start editing them and then I started to really look professional and I fell in love with the behind the scenes of the editing and the ways to feel confident on camera. Necessarily, the raw talent was not there, okay? And you don't have to have that magical raw talent that you see all these professional broadcasters have to be able to do the all the amazing video work. So I fell in love with the editing and the behind the scenes and the production side. And uh, as my dad was building Real News PR starting in 2008, um, I was very excited to be able to join the team and really watch him as an entrepreneur, develop the print, radio and television connections for our clients and uh, get them on TV. And so I'd be behind the scenes and I'd take the pictures like a proud mom. And I'm like, look, they're on Channel 8. Look, we're so excited And to tell their brand story. And um, along the way, and just a few years ago, we got into broadcast for the digital side because our clients were looking for a way to create creative content and to have my dad's broadcast TV background, there was like this perfect wave of, okay, you know, what would this look like if we started to add more of a professional broadcast aspect to content creation for our clients? And how would that work hand in hand with what we're doing with Real News PR? And uh, flash forward, we're now building out studios and it's been just such a dream come true to be a part of the design aspect. And I go back to those beginning stages of learning through television uh, the way that you look on camera and feel on camera those are two different things so to be able to create these environments where you just you feel like you're you're at home but yet in a professional capacity right so Absolutely. we've done di- we've um, I've developed all of these different sets with a very uh, intricate variety based on some inspiration with my clients and what I see and when they come to life and when what makes their heart sing. And so mm-hmm. really excited to talk about, you know, kind of the journey of what goes into the studio design a- aspect of what we've created with Real News PR Studios.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, because you've probably quite seen it really transform from, you know, back in the day, it was very, it had to be like very structured in a professional studio, like tons of equipment heavy big equipment right to now like a you know a a teenager or even a kid off the street can like really have their own show or podcasts um anyone of any age or industry or topic can start a show and uh have you kind of seen that whole progression as well from like formal to almost anything goes
1: anything does go you can have a studio in your car parked parked, don't drive. Uh, you can have your phone set up, and here you are. You're in your car studio. Uh, we've done remote locations where it is a right. Facebook Live element, and we're at different, you know, the State Fair of Texas doing a fun show where you're really walking and talking, and you have this whole little broadcast within your pocket. So I think that the future of broadcast, we have made it so easy here within our studios to be able to rock up as the talent, and here you are, poof, a pretty studio. But Absolutely. you don't necessarily need that. You don't need all of this. You can Create your
0: own content and call it a show, and yeah. have that aspect as well. So well, let's episode, dive right. right into that. Like speaking of set design, right? When, what are some of the factors that you think are critical in designing sets for a studio? So
1: much, <laughs> <laughs> and I think Garrett, if we could share a picture of Josh and I and, working and you together, guys are getting a special treat here. Yes. Because She has brought it. So Josh and I work together. You can see his arms are crossed there because everything (laughs) with studio design is not necessarily always technically sound. Okay, so here I am with Josh and we're in our Dallas studio and we're mapping out the next studio that we're going to build. I'm like, look, we're going to have the the mid-century table right here. And he's like, great. And then we'll drill into it and it'll be a professional broadcast table. And I was like, you're not going to drill into my table. And he's like, uh, so this is like the before. And then here's the after and why we did this. But this was the uh, mid-century studio and they did not drill into my table. Uh, What you see with us here, Fanny, is the table that we drilled into. And that is to have the mic arms um, be able to be close to your face. So, you know, this is a different microphone that we have in the mid-century set. And there's some technical behind that. From the design aspect though, uh, I built this one out with our team to make this feel more podcast. You know, it's okay that we've got the microphone as close to our face because yes. we're in a podcast studio and that's what we designed this one to be. So I'll let kind of Josh talk through the technical aspect of okay, we've got you know the mid-century table mics, but are those more of like a set prop versus I don't know. I mean, I'm, and I'm from the technical standpoint, like they still look nice.
2: Yeah. It's more of the like the the look and feel versus the how it's used. And I and I go into very much the how it's used, why it's used. I like these mic stands that are drilled in, bolted in. We have some styrofoam padding around the base, uh, which gives you a better sound, gives you a better audio quality. The closer you are, the closer you are to the mic, the better it's going to sound. What this mic does is it tries to get the loudest noise and hone in. So the further I am away from that microphone, you're going to see you get more room noise. You get more squeak of the chair. And then when I'm right up on it, it's against that crystal clear sound. So that was the fight between the table of, I want (laughs) crystal clear sound. And she wants, looks pretty, because before, before, before we found these microphones, oops, sorry, uh, before we found these microphones, we had ones that would that shot up and came down, mm-hmm. um, and those blocked shots. It wasn't very pretty aesthetically, and so aesthetically, I'm not that worried about things. I'm more how they look and how they operate. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's where Sarah and I are the yin and the yang to get the best possible product out of it, uh, and we'll go back and forth even over color of paint. Yes. Remember the black paint? Debacle? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I literally
1: sat in the corridor as we're building out these studios and it came down to, okay, we had the different walls and there was that moment where I was like, I think we're making the wrong decision.
0: And you're like, no, we just, we have everything <laughs> planned. Just,
2: we just bought everything. Yeah. yeah. We so all the
0: paint. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so. we have
0: like a question and I think it ties into Please. some of the factors that you were talking about, right? So definitely sound is one yeah. of the factors. Uh, David Cause had a question about like, Background, right? How do you how do you go about designing the background? So the variety is very important to us. So
1: I'll play our video that has a great example of some of these different backgrounds that we've we've created and experimented with. So we'll let uh, Garrett there hit play. And again, we came from this broadcast background and. Um, you know, we were the radio side meets TV, right? So we'd bring in our cameras and from building these studios ground up blank canvas really gave us the opportunity to dream up what would be what you see today. So here's some behind the scenes of the before of the studio that we're in now today. And uh, this fun studio tour all starts with location guys. So we're within three locations. And in our Dallas location, the background you'll see there is a whitewashed wall. And we've got a really fun dynamic shelf that will dress up and dress down. And that farmhouse inspired studio really did add an element of comfortability Behind there, you have a wood wall, and that's what we have in our Grandscape studio. So every studio does have kind of some familiar touches because we find some wood walls like you see there behind that broadcast set that we have in Dallas. It just adds a little bit more of a detail that's subtle, but it's also warm. So even there, my dad's broadcast television set that he dreamed up, we built with it. The real yes, <laughs> with the real housewife. Yes, with uh, the real housewife. You can go ahead and push pause there, Garrett. That, that table... It's clear, right? So you can even kind of see the illuminating background and we incorporated the walls there and also the beautiful windows of the cityscape. Those are, I mean, that's 635 in the tollway if you're from Dallas. So for our backgrounds, we do have the ability to transform a set based on the daylight and the nightlight. Sometimes we'll have those night shots that are pretty but it really does depend on what you're looking for and when you wanna kind of customize that look and that tone and feel. Um, and also maximizing the set locations that you have. If you go ahead and press play there, Garrett, we've got uh, the broadcast studio and Jeff Curley, my dad's like, let's build more broadcast studios. And I was like, okay, we'll build more broadcast studios. And the big dream here was, let's make a working newsroom shot. So we actually transformed our entire conference room. Now, keep in mind with the pandemic, we ended up not having as many in-person meetings, right? So we had this unutilized space, which was our conference room that made a beautiful studio. That was like this hidden gem of the entire company was wow the working newsroom shot so there are our background and the beautiful colors we can definitely change those colors from and greens I guess to corporations and,
0: can do that too. can yes. convert their conference rooms into a studio.
1: Totally. Uh, wow. Out of the five factors, set props are my favorite, Fanny. This is like really what makes my heart sing. So here you got the difference between. Um, Our our lifestyle studio that we call Oprah inspired or our talk show studio and you'll see some walking video here of just You've got some furniture decisions to make, but always add some set props. So I'm talking about a social media subject there with one of our clients, and I brought in all of my emoji pillows. (laughs) And uh, she's talking on a, a phone there. We went from a social media topic to I brought in a set prop of an original telephone. She's like, what is this, Sarah? So always the surprise and the shock and awe is what we're going for for some of these fun studio sets. Here's a before and after of our mid-century table that everybody knows and loves, and then we dressed it up for the holidays. So we love holidays, and again, for set props, it just takes it to the next level when it comes to your video production and just having fun overall. And that goes for our staff. We ended up dressing up um, Andrew Wime there as the Easter Bunny, because we had an Easter Bunny show. We've got the bunny ears. and. <laughs> We have a lot of fun. I'm going to pause it here on sound because we're going to go through some of those microphones that we're talking about. And so in terms of the set design and the quality of the studio and what we've done with set design design and sound is really important for us to probably get into because it's a
0: main factor to the studio design. Yeah. And um, in fact, we we got a question from Olivia in New York. She was speaking of sound. What do you recommend for soundproofing materials?
2: So it depends where you are. If you are in an office, uh, it varies from being in your home, uh, whether you're going to be on camera or off camera. Uh, There's a very, if you're just doing audio only, there's a very low budget way of doing it where you can uh, get sound, those little egg foam things, Mm -hmm. there's a rollout, and you just roll it in front of you. What you're trying to do is when I'm talking, what you're trying to avoid is the sound that bounces around. And so sound dampening, what it does is it, is it basically absorbs the sound. Mm. So it's, you, want, you want it to sound dead and like flat. Uh, that's the best sound you want, want to get. So uh, put in some sound dampening in front of you. If you're going to be on camera, you can go to Amazon and find cool ones. For us in our studios, you may have saw some glimpses. We have sound dampening boxes that we put every three feet. Oh, uh this is a, okay. it's just a big if they came in a big box pull it out hang it up on, on the wall. I know they have some um hexagons that are different we colors. We have them here they're and, in the bookcase. Yeah. I just haven't down, so down there. So oh, yeah. and what um, we did
1: here cuz you'll see there isn't really sound dampening we just have a ton, yeah. of we have a yeah. ton of furniture in here. So Bonker that helps, helps with the sound, rugs help with the sound. Our wood wall and our brick wall kind of insulates the studio a little bit. Yeah. So some wall paneling helps. And I mean, this was not Even an wrong. ideal studio to build out Fanny because we've got concrete floors. Uh-huh. And if you clap really loud, you can hear an echo, but the upgraded microphones really help with sound. They'll be drilling out in the parking lot. Okay, GrandScape is under construction and you can't really hear it through these great microphones Mm -hmm. and our sound technology, but he is holding up one of these soundproofing panels. Taking
2: this and then just putting it as like a little like design and building it out. They come in a variety of colors. You can do one that has like a grade. So it matches your background or your brand, but you can see what I'm talking in front of it. It does kind of help kill some of that sound versus when it's pulled away.
1: And this one we may, I mean, we've got kind of a higher area up on the ceiling that we would, Put these up. Um, at this point, I feel like it'd be for decoration, though, because I don't think we really yeah. have that much sound. We issues had one here now.
2: one issue in a studio. This is in if you're in an office setting, doing your studio, trying to build out in a conference room, uh, and you can buy sound dampening tiles for your ceiling. Mm-hmm. Most ceiling tiles are going to be sound dampening, but these are extra soft and fluffy. Uh, but that was more for we had an AC unit above. Yeah. That was loud, so it helped block sound from breaking through and getting in. That's
0: always my problem, actually, especially if I'm in a commercial space and recording something is the AC. Any yeah. tips around that?
2: Uh, so what we had to do was basically build a barrier. Uh, yeah. So if our tenant is listening, uh, our, our leasing office is listening, we we built a barrier around the AC unit and the wall. Uh, and then also it does wow. just help getting, getting mics that are – um that are directional uh, mm. and not not omnidirectional so you only look for like those directional mics that really help focus the, the sound pickup. is so
0: to me like sound is so important and yet to me it's like the hardest thing to, yep. it to understand <laughs> it really
1: is and i'll add in here on the sound and the fans because sometimes the studios will get hot so we chill them to the point of you're all freezing guys i'm so sorry at real news uh and it's because we can't blow air on them it's got to just be like let's cool the entire studios let's chill the studios we call them because if you get too hot and you want to start blowing these different we've got these u fans that will blow on you we want to make sure that you can't hear that so yeah. the air conditioning we try to chill it in the morning and then it kind of will settle
2: our, our our uh our employees have like down coats they wear sometimes <laughs> in july like in the no. studio because it gets it gets really Nobody cold knows. but yeah. but you think you add lights you add you know you're on set you're on camera the, the lights are close you're already kind mm-hmm. of nervous so your 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 body temp has risen a little bit yeah. and you don't want to see a few people sweating on camera right. so uh we do have that but as, as far as the sound dampening i would say um really easy is the egg crates if you want to do that if you're just doing voiceover work um you can go to any hardware store and you can build a box build like with with uh plywood cut a cut a little box and just coat the inside with egg crate put your microphone in the middle of the box and you can talk into it and it's like you're in a thirty thousand dollar studio
0: Wow so, and and actually that brings me to uh, Dolores Garcia's question. She's like someone on another program said they use their walk-in closet as their podcasting yeah. location
2: that is that is uh, a have good heard trick. Of that? Uh-huh. yeah, so when I was in radio, so my background is uh, radio here. I did radio for 13 years in Dallas. and that is definitely a voiceover trick if you're ever out on location and you have to voice something or you're at home or, uh, I think our best story is we had to. I had to voice something for a traffic spot, so I went into our um, hotel cl- closet and grabbed the down comforter and put it over oh me. Oh my
0: goodness! Uh, again, whatever you, works. Whatever
2: works. But you wanted that. You wanted that mute sound. You wanted just a hollow, dead sound. So that's what I did. Had my phone. Usually, your phone will work great in those kind of settings as well. Uh, but went into a closed space, grabbed a blanket, put it over me, and did my did my spot.
0: Okay, so we got number one location number two set props number three sound. What's number four Sarah? Well, it's got to be lighting Garrett. Let's keep going with our video I wanted to do
1: this show and tell for you guys because it really does kind of bring what we this journey For you along the ride of what we've built out here. So here, I guess we could continue on sound just a little bit there because they have the uh, lapel mics because they had a wine tasting show. So again, that is an option for studios and for at home is to have a lapel mic. And so that way you're free of the mic arm that you see there in the studio.
2: If, if you're going to go a lapel, I will tell you, don't go cheap um mm. you can you can find uh
0: oh what brands would you
2: recommend uh sure is good sennheiser are good we use predominantly right now we found good we found good stuff with sure um they do really that's
0: s h u r e s h u r
2: e mm-hmm. yeah uh if you're spending and I guess this is going to sound ridiculous but if you're spending somewhere in the ballpark of 600 to a 1000 per mic pack you're getting a really good microphone um people will spend 2 or 300 bucks and we have tried that, uh, and just trial and error, you'll find one reason or the other that it doesn't work right. It sounds mm-hmm. hollow. It doesn't work with another one. And for us, uh, especially with us, we have clients. But for you, if you're having a guest on, you know you have that really important guest. You've been waiting for months and months to get them, yeah. and you got them, and they're in there. You're being interviewed and now. You have audio that you can't hear, or it's scruffly or it sounds hollow. It really takes away from what you're trying to say. It really does. So for us, it's about taking away those distractions. And sound does that. Also, lighting can do that too.
0: Okay. number four, lighting. Let's get
1: into the lights. So light is magic. Lighting is so fun to work with, but it's also can be complicated. So I've got some different uh, lighting examples there that we have and also what you're wearing on camera mixed with the light and then these color lights behind you, light everywhere. And I love to be able to show too, I think we have on here is an example of night shots versus day shots and what that looks like because we do have glass windows all around the studio here within Grandscape the Colony. And, um, you know, it is is important and it's something to really, you know, take in account when you're when you're building out your studios or you're going to be a guest on a show of what you're going to wear and how that looks on camera versus what it's going to look like with the lights. And so even here in studio. I can even get up and show you. It looks a little different because we've got our overhead lights and then we also have wrapped around here is more light that comes in. So we can illuminate and then we can take away. And so that depends on the time of day. If it's rainy, I'll,
0: I'll get up and I'll show you.
2: Um, see. We can turn more lights on. Yeah.
0: Well, This is as live as you
1: get it, folks. <laughs> as as get. <laughs> but then when you see us, we'll be brighter, but the tone of the room is just we're blinded yeah. by these lights, right? now, yeah. <laughs> So I really did want the tone oh, of the feel. show to be a little less yeah. lit. So I'll show you what that looks like. If we go to Fanny's shot, and then you can see when I turn off some of these overhead lights, what she looks like.
0: Yeah. I feel more like exposed. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's, so, it's a lot more intimate and like cozy yeah. almost in this kind of muted light. It does. It just changes mm-hmm. the feel. It changes the
1: feel of the shows and the videos that you're creating and also can change your mood. So I love it, Garrett, if we could even show them some of these different color options with our uplighting here. Um, It's always fun to be able to, to, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: we've got uh, different lighting options and it also helps. If you go
2: to the two shot, you'll see it better. Uh, There we go.
1: There she's pink. And then we're going to change her to blue and
0: it like adds warmth almost yeah. right it can, the blue is very yeah. cool and yeah. then the purple is like kind of more intimate throw it in the comments what's your favorite colors to do yeah. for the color lighting <laughs> uh
2: the ones that we use most often are that uh neon kind of pink and the blue those Why are two is that? we use We find that skin tones look better with those two Ah, neon
0: pink and blue. Yeah, so you saw it's more like a
2: violet, or that pink is called Mm -hmm. fuchsia. What is that color called? Where the the bright pink in the background? It one, it's it's a good pop of color, uh, and blue, you know, it's there as well. But blue also is a good good shade uh, for skin tones. And also, what you're wearing,
1: you don't want to be competing with what you're wearing. I mean, I've got a scarf on and kind of these different blues behind me. I have an entire. TV monitor. So it doesn't even matter with the, you know, the different color lights because I've got this TV behind me. So that's also another background option I think we'll throw in there is that you could have
0: a TV monitor behind you and you could transform
1: yourself into any studio you
0: wanted to be. (laughs) And in a way you can kind of do it both in studio professionally and then, but for those that are just starting out, Sarah, like, do you have any tips for people setting up their home studios
1: i do mm-hmm. so i made a whole video on it we could play a little bit if you want. of
2: course to. You have to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're creating content it makes it oh, yes. it makes it easy to create the videos along the way so i did make a uh keep it up let Your us content. know in the
0: comments below the, how you loved all these videos this is like <laughs> show and tell this is show and
1: tell so uh we were it was hard because we, we weren't able to use our studios right it was pandemic and so we were all working from home so i did this hey, you know, uh, I'm famous and I'm on TV. This is a behind the scenes of the different lighting options and all of the factors that can come into a home studio and also just your broadcast at large when you're being interviewed on a Zoom or maybe you're on a work conference call or you just want to take it up a notch. So I go through an entire video on the home studio and, and what to look for. So I think that would relate to any of your audience members that are wanting to just upgrade their home studio or just tweak it that much more. So I go through all the prep and setup for your in-home interviews. And uh, if you guys send me a message, I will send you guys that video. Or you can go to our website, launchashow.com. And we have just a whole series of at-home videos that you can thumb
0: through and enjoy. So we took the um, time to make that. And uh, Josh, we actually have a question from Leon Martin about cameras. Yes. So we talked a lot about mics. Any tips and recommendations for cameras?
2: So we looked long and wide, um, long and wide, sure, uh, on, on cameras. we When we first got started, we were using um, webcams. Our whole goal was to make it cost efficient enough to have several cameras um, and get the job done. The key is that, that for the most part, depending on where you're streaming, YouTube and Facebook doesn't take 4K, so we already knew right mm-hmm. off the bat we didn't want str- to. We want to use 4K cameras because you're paying It'd 4K. Be overkill. Yeah, you're paying 4K prices and you can't actually use the products. Uh, so you're looking for any sort of mirrorless camera. Uh, in this studio, this is our only studio that we don't have Sony. Uh, for the most part, we are a Sony family. Uh, I found these Lumixes. Uh, at Best Buy and I fell in love with them.
0: L-U-M-I-X L-U-M-I-X and I think I
2: think you're calling me, I think it's, it's the 100 the 1, 1000 brand, is that, is that right Garrett? The DX 1000? Yeah. You look, 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 yep. Um, So those are the ones that we found that work the best um, and we were going for top notch quality that we can recreate without necessarily having to have 30 or 40,000 do it because most of these most of these 4K cameras, you're looking at three $6,000 a pop. Uh, so you're, if that's what you're going with, you're automatically kind of downgrading yourself as far as how many you can do. Uh, you know, For us, if someone comes in and kicks over one of these cameras and they break, we get upset, but it's not the end of the world. We can go out to Best Buy and buy a new one, have it set up within an hour, and we're ready to go. So that was kind of our principle. So the, the, the Sony A series, the Alpha series, uh, we use the Sony A 5000s. Uh, and the Sony A6000s predominantly. Uh, I think we have one Sony A7. There's no reason like for our purposes there's no reason to get higher than a 6. If you're if you're in the the Sony A7000s you're spending $1000 on the base when really it's the lens that gives you the good shot. So we upgrade our lenses. As you can see here they have, we have different lenses on yeah. all these cameras.
1: Yeah, let's throw to Fanny. Fanny's So Fanny has a has a long
2: ones. she has a, on a long lens. Um, but you're getting really a lot of good depth. What you want with is when it gives you good depth of, of view, so that the actual person talking is really focused. But it gives you the depth behind kind of like
0: you. like the fuzzy background. Yeah, that it we doesn't. See, yeah, right? it doesn't make yeah. it look like it's
2: all like like a flat surface. Right. Uh, which is why you also want depth in your shot. You don't want to want to be sitting right next to the wall. You want to have a good. Uh, four or five feet. I'm actually breaking that rule now. I only have about about two or three feet behind me, but you want to have a good four or five feet in front of you where the camera is, and a good four or five feet behind you. You can use a stock lens; it's fine. I always would recommend going up Um, the. Um, and again, again, I'm, I'm going to go to our producer Garrett. Is it the 50 millimeter lens, the one that's good for like the personal the ones out here? Yeah, the good for like the personal shots. Um. Yeah, so the one shout like, out to Garrett, <laughs> shout yeah. out to Garrett,
1: and he is on not a webcam, he's on a GoPro.
2: Yeah. So, so that that was our very first. Was. There was our very first studio. We used all GoPros. Again, I hey, these are three hundred bucks a pop. They, they look way better than the handy little like you know uh, yes. desk cameras or those the are drops around. Yeah, uh, and those the problem we had with the GoPros and why we don't use them any longer except for Garrett is um, the autofocus. So we couldn't figure out on the new on the new GoPros, we couldn't turn off autofocus, and so it would if you moved around a lot, which people tend to do, it would change your focus. So it would, you would have that noticeable jump in and jump out. And again, our goal from the technical side is not to be noticed. Yeah, I want you, I want you not to notice that you're watching a camera, not to notice the microphone sound. Like I want you to be lost in the story that the person is telling on in the moment. In the moment, yeah.
0: And so we got Lumix and then the Sony A-series around the A6000. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah.
2: 6,000, 5,000, you're fine. Uh, Don't, if you want to, knock yourself out. Uh, The Sony A7 series is a phenomenal camera for photography, for those kind of things. But just for the mirrorless feature of streaming, you're spending money you don't need to spend. Well, and so those for the, the 700s, or the A7s rather, those are really used a lot for like, like you said, photography and stuff, but they have the the log feature that gets you like you can record it and it looks blown out and really not great, but it captures way more information and then you can go back and color correct it. Doing a live show. We don't really have the need for that. Yeah.
0: So we've talked about sound and mics and cameras, Mm -hmm. any lighting, any suggestions for lighting equipment?
2: The more the merrier. That's one Mm -hmm. of the things that we've learned with lighting. We started off I think in our very first studio up in 515 of Tower 2, our very first studio, we had no lights, just the overheads. Just
1: the overheads. And you'd see these dark shadows on our (laughs) faces. Yeah,
0: Yeah. This literally has like a
2: whole perimeter (laughs) of lights above us. I want to incorporate this into every studio that we do in the future only because you want to have lights that hit the front of your face, but you also want to have a light that goes behind you. You want to have a light that shines on the back of your head uh, it gives you the outline of where you are. It gives you more and more dimensions as far as that kind of goes. Lighting can do wonders on on a set, so you'll see if there'll be there'll be one yeah. one camera that hits the back, one light that hits the back of my head, just to make sure I'm not like a flat spot back there. So yeah, lighting is really important. I would get if you think I only need four, get eight. You can go to Amazon. These little squares um, are I the newer's. Been, yeah, the newer's. Uh, uh there you can get like a, like two for a hundred bucks um so i mean they're not really that expensive and i always
0: wondered like what is the difference between having the lights that are like totally exposed you can see the bulbs versus then you see those like big kind of umbrella shaped mm-hmm. lighting and what is the yeah. difference
2: between those two it's not as harsh mm-hmm. so it gives you a natural glow without like a spotlight so you don't want to have... So all these are dimmed here. Let uh, not know have- any
0: other lighting questions you
1: have yeah. in the... Yes, in the comments. More thoughts. lighting questions. The lighting is fantastic in this session. Wow, yeah. we yeah. got compliments, guys. <laughs> so, we yeah. do. We do have a filter on these too, and then you can warm them and cool them. So they're the newer brand lights, and we are obsessed with these lights. We take yeah. them on shoots for remote shows. Our reporters take yeah. them. They're great. They're they're not heavy. They're We're lights. used yeah. to those big floodlights in TV where they're just heavy and they're expensive.
2: Those flow lights. Yeah, the flow. flow again, flow lights are great. Nothing wrong with flow lights. Uh, for our green screen studio, we did spend more, uh, and I forget the brand of those. We did spend more, and those are those big domed, Yeah, uh, and you can go from one to 100, and we bought four of them and spent uh, roughly seven or 8000 on just the lights. But for green screen, you have to because green screen, the back has to be lit well and the person has to be lit well. So any sort of shadows or any sort of anything, especially if you have curly hair like mine, it has to get lit well. So uh, yeah. I would say if you're just at home, I uh, mm-hmm. say just, but if you're at home doing your show, really easy to get two or three or four newer lights and just do and just do, uh, you know, two o'clock, ten o'clock, five o'clock, and seven o'clock. It's gonna have them like say around that again. you. Two o'clock. So yeah, you want you want <laughs> one like basically you want them in the corners diagonally. Got so if it. you're sitting here at your desk, I want one right here at my two o'clock. One here at my 10 so 10 and two and then i want Perfect. the opposite of that behind me and i ah. you you ideally don't want to see like them um yeah. so you want them to be high and pointed down um,
1: and both sides of your face. You want to both be able sides to lo- light both sides. And yes.
2: unless you're trying to be like noir, where you just have like one side's dark and you're like talking, <laughs> being very sultry. The, uh, yeah, yeah. then do That's what you want to do.
0: YouTubers whispering into So
2: you yeah. can do that. But again, you can see, you can do a lot of really cool things with lights. Wow, and absolutely. even these little color bars, you can get them and they just make such a difference to the room that you're in. Uh, These were, we don't mind giving away our secrets. These were at Guitar Center. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're really easy to go pick up.
1: There's so many different brands too. So uh,
2: the good part about going and buying things through Amazon or at Guitar Center is they have a great return policy. So you can go home, play with them for a day or two or three and go, nah, this is awkward for me to use or it doesn't really look right. I want to take it back or send it back. But, I just trial and error. It took us to get to this point, it took us three years. And it was our entire team who loved to tinker with different things yeah. and buy stuff and try stuff and send it back or buy stuff and try stuff and keep it forever. So.
0: And so we've kind of covered the, the equipment, the technical side of things. Now, obviously for a show to be successful, Sarah, it's also the content and how people put together their shows. Any tips around like kind of like the secrets? Cause you've seen tons of shows come across your studios. What would you say are kind of like the secrets of the the successful shows?
2: Candy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We always have candy and something to just raise the energy. So the content that you love, the guests that you're inviting on, just keep your energy high and positive. I think that's the biggest secret. Uh, My dad's a professional speaker. He always has a Snickers. And so we have these little uh, candies or just even uh, a client's favorite drink or coffee. If they're nervous, I'm always trying to find out what somebody's favorite dessert is or just something that makes them feel good. Uh, Especially here at Grandscape, we've got cookies and popcorn and, you know, just whatever makes you feel good. Right. And maybe the music. I have some behind the scenes of uh, some clients want to do like some a little bit of salsa dancing before their show. So what is going to raise your mood? And uh, think about those topics and those guests that you want to interview. That's going to raise your energy. That you're passionate about. I think that's the biggest takeaway in secret. If you're in kind of a bad mood, try to get out of it. You've <laughs> got your whole team behind you that loves you, that can can help you make that phone call of somebody that just energizes you, or be that for someone else. If you know that there's a big uh, video shoot or a guest that they're you know they're going to be a guest on a, on a show, you want to give them that that extra boost of confidence, and and that comes around full circle. So love it. So
0: mm-hmm. the secret is. Sugar, Uh, sugar (laughs) is one of them. Another
1: one. Sugar, it's like you (laughs) can't have sugar, okay? But the the point is, and and we do. We have these on set just in case, and uh, some different drinks. Josh has the yeah, (laughs) Yeah. shot of confidence over there. He's got his words of whiskey show, and so that's always fun. But um, also I'll I'll say just some tips is uh, I've seen just amazing shows come out of night. So night almost changes the entire mood of a show. They're a little relaxed. It's after work. So Garrett and I are joking. We're like, man, we love these evening shows. The clients just seem a little bit more relaxed. And mm. so we've been experimenting with kind of the different times of day that the studios are open and available here at Grandscape. You know, we're open till 8 o'clock. And so we love that because it starts to get dark. And then that
0: just changes the whole mood of a show. It's really fun. David Cause asks, rehearsal. Do you find that shows need a little bit of rehearsal before going on? Yes. And that's
1: why I equipped the Barbie camera. (laughs) We love to do practices. I do think that, uh, oh geez, uh, it's got music on it too. Barbie's talking though. Yes. Practice. Practice makes perfect. I practiced a little bit before uh, Fanny's show and that was going through my talking points and then just really adding to it. So I love a good practice, but I also love a good impromptu. So to rehearse, to make sure that you really know your content and that your voice inflections and how you look and present yourself on camera can make all the difference when you're feeling confident on a show. But also don't be too scripted. I mentioned the teleprompter. I cannot read from a teleprompter, guys. Still to this day, I've tried to practice. I just can't do it. I've got shows that are wanting to be completely perfectly scripted. But the impromptus and the candids can can also make a difference. Just feel confident along the way. So Practice makes perfect.
2: One of the things I often tell people when they're starting their show is that I did morning show radio for 13 years, and I never walked out of the studio and was like, I nailed it. Great mm-hmm. job. Awesome. There was always some room for improvement or, oh, man, I should have done that differently or I should have set this up differently or I should have asked that question. And that's always going to be in the back of your mind. But you know, as you get used to this, you walk in with a level of confidence. It just, right. it just takes time to develop. So don't beat yourself up. Uh, Know that you're going to look back after your 10th show at your first show and go, oh, "Oh, man, was that that my first show? You're going to look back at your 100th show at your 10th show and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I was doing that on my 10th show. You are going to do that. Know that you are, and it's best to jump in with both feet and get creative and try things. One of the things that I do is you will see me kind of like talk like this because I can get very comfortable. But I always try to be purposeful and sit up, sit up straight and
0: posture. Yeah.
2: Sit up yeah. straight. Uh, make sure that you know that you're, yeah, not, like- you're not like when I, I <laughs> still myself. Too. Yeah. I still talk loudly, even though I'm talking to you and I can talk like this and you can still hear me. But I'm not talking to, just to you. I'm talking to the people right there. So you're always trying to project your voice, be a little bit louder, more confident. And you'll find that if you pretend to be confident, you become more confident. So yeah. it's that level of kind of fake it till you. fake it.
0: And I'd love to hear what the audience thinks. What do you think is the secret to a successful show? Think about some of those shows, live shows that you follow podcasts. What are some of your favorite elements? I'd love to read those out here. Um, And also I wanted to kind of look towards the future, right? So Sarah, you know, we've, or I think we're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you still see a big future for like video shows versus podcasts or podcasts are still getting so popular? What what are some of the trends you're seeing between like studio video shows versus like podcasts? building up the lifestyle sets has really been the future that we've brought to our, our shows
1: and it's made a huge difference. And I've seen TV News does it where they'll have the professional anchor set and they'll have those lifestyle shows, right? And so I think that incorporating that into your home um, rethink your house and how you would have a video shoot there if you're wanting to produce at home. And even the fireplace behind you or a staircase or try a different video shoot throughout your entire home. I think that really the authenticity that came out of, hey, we were in the pandemic and a lot of content creators were at home or outside or they really had to reinvent their content. So that actually really propelled content forward. I think the technology, uh, the technology aspects really have made a difference. So looking towards the future, I remember when, the, and I think we all remember before Facebook Live, that was a game changer. The yeah. live aspect to be able to go live directly to your audience has changed so much. And for the future, I hope that people experiment with it. So the compelling vision for the future is to just practice, try and enjoy and do that with friends too. I think you can grab yeah. your friends or your business and colleagues and say, hey, there's this new thing on LinkedIn. Let's try it. LinkedIn has stories now. So really the future is that the acceptance of trying something new and the creative genius can be within all of us. It doesn't need to be marketers. It doesn't have to be video professionals. It is in all of us, guys. You are
0: special. You are a content creator genius. You just unlock that. Actually, that's a a good point, like content, because you've seen tons of people come through your studios Maybe if you could kind of share with people like the whole variety of shows that you've seen come across your studios, just so people can kind of see like the range of possibilities of show topics. What have you seen? Fanny, favorite question, (laughs) because I got a video for it. (laughs) I didn't even know that.
1: So our clients (laughs) inspire us. So we have so many different clients. And again, it really is somebody that's wanting to get their message out there. And, um, we got the videos, uh, Garrett there that has the variety of clients and it's our different studio designs there. So, you know, we've got, um, business professionals, we've got kids, we've got pretty much everybody and anybody. If you want to like really narrow down, like who our clientele is and I, does it just sound, I mean, it's everybody, Um uh, yeah. there's any client that we wouldn't take, I guess, uh, that's wanting to do <laughs> fun video trapes? content.
0: So what are, what are they talking about on some of these shows that you've come across
1: Right. So our clients are talking about their expert topics. So if they're an expert in their field or they're really their subject matter expert, they're talking about their content that speaks to them. So we've got those clients that really do, they want to either use their show for networking within their industry. And so they're going to be geeking out in their industry about their topic, or they're going to bring on a guest that they're trying to get to know. And maybe they're learning something. So even Fanny, like she's she's inviting on so many variety people and and expertise and she's learning along the way and she's taking you for the ride. So, and I think that's great. I'm a huge fan of your show, Fanny. I mean, it's like a dream come true to be on the
0: show. (laughs) (laughs) The feelings mutual. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. Do you see, podcasting being oversaturated at all? Or do you think there's room for more? Oh my gosh, there's so much room for more.
1: Are you kidding me? There's nothing that's oversaturated. You are your own, you're your own perspective. You're your own unique human. That's a gift to others. And so I would never detour somebody from doing a show or to experiment with this. It's just another form of content to get your voice heard and to be able to experiment with it. And I wouldn't say, oh, man, there's just all these, if you're a lawyer, all these lawyer shows. Well, reinvent it and make it your own. I've got shows that will come in and it takes a few weeks for them to even develop the name. We don't like pressure them too hard on, hey, have the name of your perfect show. Let's create a few episodes to really get that concept down. Mm-hmm. And so that's important to, to think of, too, is that, you know, it can be anything. A show uh-huh. can really be anything. You can take them on a journey. You can interview them. You can take them out into the parking lot, and here's what I'm talking about today. We're back on the show, and this is what I'm showing you today. It's really the show. It's taking them on a journey, and it's video and audio, and it's we've combined both. There's no reason why not to combine both, but Absolutely. I love to listen to shows and watch them. And it's either read
0: the book or you know watch the movie or listen to the movie now. <laughs> love it. And Josh, you came from radio. I did. Right? And so – and podcasts, I feel like, kind of is an extension, a yep. wide extension of that. Any tips that you would have, maybe that you can carry over from your radio days, that you can give to people that are starting podcasts right now?
2: Um, one of the tips I often give people is that the moment you start to feel bored, your audience was bored forty, like like fifteen minutes ago. Wow. Uh, so it's it's important. There's a lot of people who feel like they have to. Um, opine on on things a lot longer than they should. Um, they want to get into the nuances and different things. I think when you're telling a story, you always want to get out with leaving them wanting a little bit more. Got so uh, that, that to me, that was always important. Always always preached into my head. It's like if I, I'm gonna tell a story, I'm gonna tell the meat of the story, and then I'm gonna get out. Uh, And let people let people respond back to me or ask me questions or develop a communication offset wanting more instead Ah. of giving everything I have away into a podcast that maybe uh, 4% was interested in 100%. But I want to give at least what 90% want and then get out and I can have those conversations offline with those. So that's one of the things don't think you have to do a 45 minute or a two hour Podcast. You can do a ten-minute podcast mm-hmm. with a "Hey, here are some daily tips about my branding, or about what I'm doing this week, or about things that I realized from the new." You can do whatever you want. It can be super short. It can be twenty. It can be ten. It can be five. It can be two. Whatever it is, it can be your thing. So don't feel like you have to have to be like to get like in that mold of well, I have to do a podcast that's X. Right. Uh, it's yours. So do it right. to where you're comfortable and you feel like I got the meat out there and then let them come back to me for more questions. And that's how you can
0: create more engagement, engagement. and fandom yeah. and and yeah. pull audiences in.
2: Right? Yeah, I, and the answer to your previous question uh, is are podcasts going away? And mm-hmm. Sarah's right, no, podcasts aren't going away. Yeah. Are they oversaturated? There are a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, but the question would be asking yourself, uh also a lot of websites but if yeah. you're if you're creating a company you're going to not have a website because you go well everyone has a website no you still have to have a website so the fact that it's oversaturated may or that there's a lot of people involved with it, may be a reason that you have to be there as well because you're involved in the medium where everyone is. Like I said, you can't say, I'm not going to have a Facebook page. I'm not going to advertise on Google. Well, then why are you even having a company? Right. Like you go where people are to bring them to where you and want to
0: be. People buy from people at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah. and right? there's no
2: better way mm-hmm. to show who you are than a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I can't see a Facebook and That's the meme.
0: popularity of Clubhouse, too, yeah. right? Yeah. That audio element that people connect with a voice in the dark. Yeah. From um, all over the place. You can connect on plug, yeah. cup, blah, blah, blah. you can connect on Clubhouse. Can I say
1: Clubhouse? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many people all at once, right? Yeah. So that's really cool aspect of the technology. And you know, here we are, they have like these live conferences happening
0: through Clubhouse. That's yeah. just been amazing to see too. I'm glad you brought that up. So, like, let's picture five years down the road. Right. What's, what's in store, you think, for the future of digital studios? Oh what's my in gosh. store for you guys at Real News VR? Like what's, are you building more or, you know, different kind of sets, different kind of technology? Where do you kind of see things going for digital studios? The future's here. So we mm. started this broadcast side and building out the studios just a few
1: years ago. And so we can keep playing that video, uh, Garrett, because that shows really where we transformed from one studio to the next, to the next, to the next, and growing our location. So this video does represent the studio design build outs that we've done. So I think we have 11 or 12 now that we've built. And uh, we just want to keep reinventing it. The studios are never done. I'm about to go through Fort Worth Studio again and just add a little bit more to it. And uh, I really want to build out a working kitchen set. I think that would be fun. So hopefully before the five-year mark we are talking about.
0: Yes, demonstrations.
1: <laughs> yes, I would love that. And even, you know, I get inspired every time I'm watching television. And the HGTV, something, oh, man, that would be cool to do. Let's experiment with it. Or this over-the-shoulder shot or just the different ways to reinvent some of these studios. And I think um, I'd love to start doing things out out of the studio walls. So to be able to do more of those remote locations, and we do do those, but I'd like to really get that down to the point where it's just a pop-up podcast kind of feel, no matter where you are. And so that's the future. I know Josh and I kind of go back and forth on pop-up podcast and do we do this now or do we do this later? And we're doing it this summer is
0: happening. Okay. We got the gear.
1: We're doing these pop-up podcasts this summer. Um, You can keep going on that video because I think that will kind of spark a few more of some of these set designs that we've done and just to inspire others to create. Because again, we saw this out of a need within our company to be able to have these broadcast shows daily and daily. My dad does his show three times a day now. He's having a blast with it. He's using it to network. He's using it for us, for our company. It really helps propel the company forward from a branding perspective because Jeff Curley's everywhere. They're either facing on speeches. He's on LinkedIn Live all day long talking about a variety of different topics with so many different guests. And so that's what I'd say, too, is that maybe you have a show that you came in and you're like, hey, I want it to be about me and what I'm talking about. And I'll have a guest on once in a while, but your show can start to transform based on the content that you feel is working. And so, um, I think, you know, my dad will help name some of the shows. And the first thing we always say is you brand yourself, you brand your name, you brand your show. You got to have your show is your name. So that's why the Jeff Curley show is the Jeff Curly show. Cause it can be whatever yes. he wants it to be. And then that's a <laughs> I took that advice so it's <laughs> the Fannie Dunnigan show. <laughs> it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. And then when they're Googling your name, your show comes up. I mean, that's genius
0: i Absolutely. love it and you have a show yourself sarah tell us about talk of the town
1: thank you i do i have talk of the town and talk of the town is all things talk of the town worthy and so i've had a variety of guests on it's launching this summer if you'd like to be my guest and you have a topic of, talk of the town topic worthy if i could say all that together too i'd love to interview you and and learn more about what you feel is talk at the town worthy within your industry and things that you're hearing about that you think would be conversational to have on a show and come hang out with me. I love to have different guests on. I've had some chefs. So we talk about the foodie things. I had some New Yorkers have some hot takes about the Texas, New York style pizza. If there is a thing. So <laughs> pizza is a hot out, topic folks. when it comes to the New Yorkers. I had a, uh, a mother-daughter dynamic doer that we're on, and they're going through their dating and they're also going through career transition at the same time. And that was really cool to be able to have them banter back and forth of what they're experiencing. And that was just fun for Talk of the Town, right? Because dating and career, there was an interesting parallel of so much is changing in their life. And so Tracy, Tim, it was so fun to have you on the show and we will be promoting that uh, here in a few weeks. And so that's just a little sneak peek behind the scenes of Talk of the Town. Love it. I did not name it Sarah Curley Show. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I have a goal and a mission, and that is to have the talk of the town as a fun brand in the show, and so you I take that a, from studio actually to You brought up a
0: really good point about having, like, on-location shoots, right? So, like, if, if we were to get out of a studio and, you know, spotlight some place or a location, any tips around, yeah. like, what happens when you have to bring equipment outside, Josh? Like, I know I always struggled with, like, The wind blowing and making all kinds of noises, and um, like if if people want to get out and do that kind of like out of studio shot, any tips around that?
2: Uh, Yes, this is what Sarah and I have been discussing uh, for some some time. More of the the desire to want to do it, and actually how it has to go. So (laughs) execution. Uh, So. again if you're going to be doing that i would say the easiest way to go about it is um i think if your camera has an audio jack mm-hmm. um getting a converter for an xlr for a handheld camera uh, only because the wireless packs um you or handheld a mic. Yeah, handheld mic a handheld mic i always go corded if possible you can also go out and get a a, a recorder a um, little sound recorder that can plug in, have an XLR plug plug, plug into it. Again, Guitar Center, 60 bucks. It uh, doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be super expensive because you're gonna be plugged directly in yeah. and that can be in your back pocket and you have the little handheld mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah found a great store, great web website that you can do your customized mic flags. And mm-hmm. it's those like small attention ah. to detail things, that I think make a huge difference. Uh, when you're doing that sort of stuff and you're having like your own personal mic flag, you're out there and then you can put the video and the audio together and match it up. Oh. Uh, I'm never going to see an example of what that mic flag looks like. It's the we show can, and tell show. <laughs> it is. There. So there you can go. see Oh,
0: yeah. So those little
2: small mic flags, they make a huge difference when you're walking up to somebody and you're putting a and mic in their face. you just slot the
0: mic in. Yep.
2: And you're just putting a mic in their face. They like that mic doesn't work. It, uh,
1: well, so this one does, but we have taken to be able to get the audio straight to our phone. There's a little lapel that clicks in yeah. and then we, we just stick
2: the lapel the on here. So that might, actually uh, Okay, so I thought that was mic didn't work. It's, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it does work, but yeah. we needed to get the audio straight to our Facebook Live and so
2: but you're able to do way. it, do it that way. Uh, and so I love that. Uh, you want to make sure you have a good a good um, pocket on top of it, a little like sound dampener on top of it. And then always pre-test. So always go outside and uh, you know record yourself and listen back and see how it sounds. Uh, video you can fix. Audio is really hard to fix. Yeah. No, um, you're
1: making it sound so daunting. So the one person going out live on the scene, the social media reporter, totally fine. It's adding more microphones and more tech and to make sure that the guests that you would have on. So the vision of doing that pop-up podcast would be to be able to have six people. Flawlessly, no matter where we are, it's where are gonna do that. Gonna I,
2: I awesome. yeah, I agree with you.
0: Maybe the tech's not there yet. Maybe we'll invent it. Who <laughs> you'll about. have to. You'll, I'll have to come back like a the year tech, later. The
2: tech, the tech is there. Yeah, the tech that, is there. Like,
1: uh... but if we were to have six people out on a pop-up podcast, what gear would we need today?
2: For six people, you would need a board, uh, six microphones, either either hardwired in. But for uh, so yeah, so then soundproofing
1: would be a thing.
2: Soundproofing wouldn't. You had yeah. You'd have to go with a sock on top of the microphone. So uh, ideally, ideally, you're your hard lining. So you need to get the cords and mat. It just it it creates. We'll
1: report, we'll report back to you, Fanny. Yeah, yeah. Do, let's do this next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be There's the six, six people on the public Podcast
0: uh-huh. Talk of the Town? Let's go. Are you
1: with me? I love it. I love it. Danny's one of them. I know.
0: Well, for those of you out there, I mean, I, uh, my brain is full of information of ideas and I hope for you out there in the audience, you've come away from this show with tons of ideas as well. Um, but if you don't want to do it yourself, Sarah, you have a website that people can go to, right? If they want, if They want uh, studio help and professional help. What is that website?
1: Yes. So we have launchashow.com, and that's very specific to our studios within Grandscape, the Colony, Dallas, and Fort Worth. And then realnewspr.com is all of our PR work. So you can see if you need some help with publicity at the speed of news. That's realnewspr.com. And then realnewscn, which is short for communications network, is our shows. So we've got three websites. We'll put them up there. Uh, but launchashow.com would give you this content that we're talking about, which is the studios and the set designs and how to work with us on shows. So we would yeah. love to work with you.
2: Yeah. The, the The main thing is don't be scared. Jump in. Grab a microphone. Grab a board. Grab a camera. You know, audio only. Just jump in. Start it. You'll You'll get better and better and better. Tech will improve. Show after show.
0: Absolutely. Like I always say, hashtag Do it scared. You can your heart can still be pumping and you can still get out great content and great value. So thank you. Gosh, Josh, thank you so much for your time. Sarah is behind the scenes with Garrett, but uh, <laughs> I wanna thank all of you for tuning in as well. Just real quick, I do before I wrap up the show, I do wanna announce some upcoming events um, with my Association of Business Technology Professionals. That is going to be on Tuesday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. For all of you technologists out there, we are gonna talk about corporate security breaches and how to protect your firm with Rich Stark, the CIO of CrowdStrike. So you can register for that at abtpdfw.org. And uh, But if we can bring back my guest here, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing with us all those great tips to putting together studios, whether it's at home or professional, set design, and Josh, for all your... Amazing equipment tips. Um, how what's the best way for people to connect with you guys? Is it LinkedIn, Uh, Facebook? uh,
2: Any of those you want. Uh, for me, it'd be probably be my email, which is Josh Hart H A R T at Realnewspr.com. Awesome.
1: And for you, Sarah, sure, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My email's long. Sarah Crilly at RealNewsPR.com, But connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm learning so much from you, Fanny, on LinkedIn. So you've inspired me. I will be much more active on LinkedIn. So thank you for that. So watch out
0: for her on LinkedIn, folks, as well as Josh. And as always, I want to thank everyone of you for tuning in. And a reminder to continue to shine your light, share your gifts, share your message, and share your thoughts and message with the world through video. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you connect with Sarah and Josh. Bye.